0: Welcome to Zadzooks Episode 2. Today, Star Wars Rogue One's first trailer is released and we've got it covered. The new Ghostbusters takes a huge loss and what does it mean for the franchise? Sausage Party opens wide this week and we discuss the shocking scene within the movie. Uh, I'll review the Nice Guys DVD and more. My name is Todd Stoll and I'm joined by 25-year veteran reporter covering pop culture, video games, and technology for The Washington Times, Joseph Zadkowski.
1: It's so great to be back.
0: I know you're so excited.
1: Oh <laughs> wait! I, well, well, there's no happy hour. we to oh. get a polka. I'm just telling you. Okay. I don't know if I gotta outsource Frankie Yankovic or somebody, but I'll take beer barrel polka. In heaven, there's no beer, something like that. Anyway.
0: Yeah, we could we could scrape that scene from Home Alone with John Candy playing polka. How's that? Oh,
1: yes, Yashmengi. Yeah. The Yashmengi brothers. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so I don't know. I was watching this thing called the Olympics. And then I saw something pop up. Rogue One. Some little film called Rogue One that nobody seems to know about.
0: Yeah, I saw that too.
1: So there's a new one, right?
0: There is a, new, a new
1: one. There's another Star Wars film. You didn't think they could have it in them, but they did put another Star Wars film out. And the new trailer shows my best buddy.
0: Oh, yes. At the very end. But just a peek. Just a peek.
1: And James Earl Jones is doing the voice. Oh, that's awesome. So, what did we learn in the new trailer?
0: Well, well what did you like? Okay, I specifically liked the fact that you didn't see a lot of lightsabers and you didn't see a lot of lasers. You saw conventional man-made weapons like RPGs taking out at ats And also you saw.
1: Armored transports?
0: Yes. And uh, you saw. It was very I mean, yes, granted, they're flying spaceships and all that good stuff, but I think in general, the weaponry was a little bit co- sort of more realistic to the very beginnings of a war uh the character that's blind that knows martial arts was awesome
1: yeah I uh, would butcher that he's not he's force sensitive, is that correct maybe we'll find out
0: yeah, you'll find out. Uh, no, I thought it was really—it uh, was a pretty good trailer. It's a good first trailer for sure. Um, uh,
1: Forrest Whitaker finally gets a meaty role.
0: I think Did he could be very it? good. Yeah. Saw
1: Guerrera. Now Saw Guerrera was in the animated Clone Wars, the Star Wars Clone Wars series, which I thought was great all around, and he's a little more grizzled in this movie, so I think he's taken some damage. And I, I don't know. I think I'd read somewhere where he's almost cyborgish in some respect. So I got to go back and listen to the trailer. But I heard clanking and grunking as he was going. Grunking is a word in the Star Wars universe. I just made it up. So anyway, um, what else is in that that trailer? How about when the Death Star goes in front of that, and the, either the sun or whatever it is? Yeah,
0: and, that looked that's great. Pretty neat. Yeah, it looked really good. I yeah. mean, and then using the sort of original sounds of, of priming the weapon and. And in general, um, you know, it definitely had that feel of taking place between Episode 3 and Episode 4, which is about where it's supposed to be, right?
1: We're going to figure out, I think, fingers crossed, how um, Princess Leia got the Death Star plans. Okay. That's the whole point, I okay. believe. So if, if that's where they're going with it, that would be great.
0: So does this lead into Star Wars Rogue 2?
1: I hope they have no need to do Star Wars. I mean, I'm guessing that these guys are going to take some damage and we may end up with, like, no characters living out of this. It might be a one-shot. Wouldn't it be good if it was a one-shot? Yeah, but... How rare is that well, I mean, Disney, in the current world of movies?
0: Disney owns Marvel and Marvel signs everyone to, what, like seven films?
1: I mean, do we need seven World well, 1 movies? I, mean, I don't think so.
0: So next is what? Episode 8 and then after that it's the Han Solo standalone?
1: I think so. So, right. and so then the
0: you know who knows? Eventually there'll be the Star Wars Avengers, followed by a crossover between Star that's, Trek and that's Star Wars.
1: Right. I just read a comic with Batman working with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So Ghostbusters that was did that, completely that too. Completely useless. Yeah, they did so, that too. Great art, but whatever. Well, okay. It looked good. Looks great. Yeah. Boy, enthusiasm.
0: Well, you know, I'm not a big Star Wars, you know, aficionado. But so, but yeah, you Because you're,
1: next topic. <laughs> Again, I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, well, you know, what? I think it sort of solidifies what a lot of people said. And, you know, a lot of articles came out this week that said that Ghostbusters is going to take a 70 to 100 million dollar loss after the fact of marketing and overseas marketing and and China not carrying the film. Uh, And that pretty much puts the nail in the coffin for a sequel, at least in its current form and some people said, oh, well, the cast will still come back. I don't think the cast wants to touch this with a 20-foot pole, honestly. I think they're done with it. Um, and so now they're going to focus on animated films. Uh, really? That's what it sounds like. Or like
1: full-length or just cartoon series?
0: I think there's a little bit of both. I think there's supposed to be a full-length feature film, and mm-hmm. then also like a Ghostbusters, uh, some sort of like new age continuation of... Uh, Extreme Ghostbusters, which was out in the late '90s, we'll it see. still
1: made a chunk of money.
0: Right? It was like one. I think it'll it'll net out at about one forty, but I think even Paul Feig said he needed to make three hundred to make his money back. And it just, I think, it shows with a lot of films now that you can't really have a big budget film and expect to make your money back. And I think they blew the money, but they blew the budget on the CGI for sure. And I think if he had just reined in the budget and kept it to like a nice tight. 80 million we'll be fine
1: and once again from two guys perspective I don't care if it's female ghostbusters or angry bird ghostbusters it's still got to be a funny story and it's got to be a reason for me to watch the movie yep for sure okay
0: for sure wanna take a break Uh, yeah we should take a break yeah it was it was it's just so disappointing (laughs) I needed I I might need I may need to take a break just to just to
1: I hope we have a polka.
0: Yeah, we have no polka.
1: All right. Uh, We'll be back. Communities Digital News, built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com. That's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I-news.com. And support the next evolution in news. We're back. We're back. We're back. And stronger than ever. Uh Oh. it was good to have a moment. Let's put it that way. So coming this Tuesday is a very exciting movie on Blu-ray, the Angry Birds movie. You you were thrilled. I didn't hate it, you know. But there's so many great animated movies that come out these days that appeal to both adults and children. I was kind of surprised that they went to really appeal to children. <laughs> maybe. I mean, what did your what did your little offspring think? Oh, they loved it. They thought it was hilarious. Right. And what's the average age of those offspring? Uh, You know, seven. Seven? seven Seven-ish? That's kind of what I pegged. I said it's a great movie for seven. But here's the problem. Um, They got a great cast. Jason Sudeikis, Josh Gad, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph, Bill Hader, Peter Dinklage, Kate McKinnon, who apparently is in every movie she can possibly get in now, Tony Hale um, from, of course, uh, Veep, and, and Sean Penn. Did you know Sean Penn was in the movie? Who did he play? This really? is the real
0: question. Well. I know that Dinklage played the
1: Mighty Eagle. Right. Um, Sean Penn is Terrence. And so he, just his crushed. entire role it's <laughs> just is following Okay. And if you watch some of the bonus extras, you can actually see Sean um, offering some method acting. And grunting, so that was kind of exciting. That is a, such a
0: departure for him, really. The grunting,
1: yeah, he doesn't usually do that. But you know, what do you think of a cast like that? Don't you expect, like, I mean, when I when I said ad lib kind of fun, wouldn't you expect that cast in like Sausage Party? You threw Seth Rogen in there, you have almost got the cast as
0: I mean, the only thing that I will say is I think in this particular film, it's really hard too because it started out as a game, and you want to, you know, it was it's the most popular game ever, except for now Pokemon Go. Right. So, it is pretty hard to then translate that to film. Now, granted, yeah, the movie yeah. grossed over three hundred fifty million, and you know they'll make another one. Um, I think it would be interesting to see if they take some of the spinoff games that they've done and try to m- merge those into film. Maybe Angry Birds Star Wars. Right. Angry Birds Space. You know, there's a lot of Transformers. Angry, I think was yeah, Angry Birds Angry Transformers. Birds Transformers. Sort of like what Lego was doing with Lego Batman. Will Angry Birds do the same thing? Now, it's a question, of did they sign that cast for a multi-picture deal in the event that it did well? I mean, Bill Hader playing the pig, I mean, clearly, he's meant for the that role.
1: The pig. Lord, Lord, The King Mudbeard. King Mudbeard, Yeah, King 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 Mudbeard. Mudbeard, yep. But he did a great job there. Um, so we tell them what the movie's about. <laughs> I mean, i got to assume almost everyone on the planet's played Angry Birds, right? So there's these birds with anger management problems. And the film's kind of clever in that way because they, they kind of take you through the process of, of a group therapy session with, with familiar birds like Red. You know Red with the big eyebrows? And Chuck, who's the speedy guy, kind of like a flashlight character. And Bomb, who's um, kind of clever. He has a tuft at the top of his head that kind of goes down and changes color until he explodes. And, and those guys are kind of working through their anger and these group of friendly, super friendly pigs show up to their island and um, celebrate life with them and then steal all their eggs and then go back to Piggy Island and thus the conflict.
0: I mean, the biggest thing for me, which was just so mind-blowing, was the backstory around that the birds couldn't fly. And they never really talked about that in the games. And for me, it was just, oh... I finally get it now. Really, it was, that was uh, your epiphany no, of the It was, it, was uh, it just, it all makes sense now. I'm just, I'm at right. peace with, with it. They,
1: they show you the, what's that called? The, the slingshot, yep. they, they get that into position, that works really well. So what I will mention is, is Todd said, it's great for seven year olds, but the Blu-ray is great for seven year olds because they're gonna throw in a quartet of cartoon shorts with the hatchlings. Minion-esque, not really, fuzzy minions, um, the baby hatchlings. You'll see some of that stuff. There's um, a dance-along for the kitties, which I thought was kind of cute, one of the extras. There's a way to learn how to play, a uh, to build a real Angry Birds game using aluminum cans, cherries, plastic containers, and rubber bands. I suggest you hang out with your kids when you're going to do that because you could poke an eye out, so you got to watch for that. Um, there's stuff to learn about animating. They go through kind of the process of how they, the computer artists put it together, which I thought was great, about 30 minutes of featurettes. Um, music fans, the composer talks about six themes of the film. You can actually watch the film in symphony mode. There's no dialogue. It's just the music. You really got to be hardcore probably to want to do that, but they're going to offer it anyway. Now, best part of it, there's a new game called Angry, not very new, Angry Birds action And it's kind of a pinball Version of that Right If you hold The game On your phone Or tablet Up to the TV While you're watching it You're going to Unlock something In the game mm. And what it is Is it's, it's a Hatchling reward Where you're actually Going to get like Double the rewards At the end of a level So that's really fun I mean if you Look at it from that angle A lot of extra content Good value Fun movie for the kiddies. So that's You know
0: and for the parents, the fact that the movie starts without a single preview and it really? goes right into I, the play that's, mode that's correct. is that's amazing. Correct. It's unlike a Disney film that requires you to jump through five trailers, four product placements, a partridge and a pear tree. Right. No, you're right into the movie. You're good to go. The kiddies are not distracted and bored, and you're
1: off and running. So that was a wise decision by Sony. And um, you're probably looking at... 20 bucks once you go to Amazon to find this on Tuesday. So, I'm good with that. Yep. No, All right, it was good. What else? Let's talk
0: about a different animated <laughs> film that's just come out and exceeded expectations at the box office, and of course we're talking about Sausage Party. And in particular, one of the biggest takeaways that uh audience members have been discussing, which almost landed the film an NC-17 rating, is the giant food orgy scene in the film. And there's a lot of uh, cold cuts, there's a lot of sausages, really? there's a lot of uh, f- common foods that you wouldn't normally think of uh, orgying with non-common foods.
1: But isn't this just a love story between a hot dog and a bun? Hot dog? Is and a, I
0: heard. I think it's just... Or is there more than that There's going on. just a lot going on. And Seth Rogen, uh, earlier this week, mentioned that The way to get rid of the NC-17 was to shave the hair off of Apeta's testicles, so clearly they really somehow managed to bamboozle the ratings board on this one. They really, uh. But I think it also is sets this weird precedent of it's animated and it's food, and therefore I think they had a really hard time judging the rating on this. Because you get away
1: with anything
0: because it's food and even though it's a sort of weird simulation uh, it's still food
1: look Bill Hader's in it (laughs) so he does lots of animated things I think Danny McBride's in it too it's kind of the same cast Angry Birds but it's not really the same film it is much it is not something you would want to sit down with your seven year old pop on and watch with them is there any chance they have an uncut version on Blu-ray when that comes out in the next week? If they had a censored version, I don't think you could watch
0: it. Let's put it that way. I think the beeps would probably just ruin the dialogue. I know that they had a hard time when they were out promoting the film showing a clip because it was just so filthy. Um, but, you know, on an $18 million budget, it's already made $35 million, So it's a huge win for Sony. It's another big win for Seth Rogen and team. They'll continue to make movies, and we'll continue to watch them. Even though they're crazy hardcore, and uh, you know, eventually could start a war with North Korea. But you know, what else has he done? Well, he actually was the producer. Uh, super bad. Super bad. This is the end. The, yeah, that was a great movie. The North Korea film, which we won't mention because you never know they could be listening. I didn't hate that movie either. I didn't it hate it. Movie. It was okay. It didn't. It wasn't. It didn't live up to the hype let's put it that way it was it was way too overhyped and i think he could even see that green hornet which was not okay <clears throat> not great that was a mistake even he admits it was a mistake the right. cast was good but the writing was not great um you know neighbors one neighbors Two. Oh, he was responsible
1: for that too sure I mean, we're talking... He's a juggernaut. A juggernaut. He's He's a juggernaut. He's becoming a Hollywood mogul. He is. And if you just shut his yap about politics, I'd be more than happy Uh, to deal with him. He
0: says, well, that was only Bud Light. Okay. And uh, which I actually found out something very interesting that I never knew. In any beer commercial, no one ever consumes the beer.
1: I did not know that from a, uh, a Carson...
0: Yeah, I, hadn't, I had no idea. Apparently, you get paid to do something other than drink the beer. You're allowed to hold the can, really? or you're allowed to have the logo, you're not allowed to open it, and you're not allowed to drink it. So you basically get paid to do a non-beer commercial.
1: That is fascinating. I didn't know that.
0: Makes me want to do a beer
1: commercial. Yeah. Sounds awesome. But you don't need free beer. All right, that's fine. I'm sure you can have free beer. Mm. Just can't drink it on... During the shoot. Well, that's the funny thing. He, uh,
0: so, so, Rogan was talking about it, and he said that they do not even sign a, uh, a clause in the contract that says they have to drink that beer. They don't care. They can go, he could go out and have a Miller, and it would be fine. He doesn't have to have a Bud Light. Wow. He's so, having too much fun. I mean, I hate the guy. It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> On that note. And he's, he's younger than me, which frustrates me to know way. Which is really, what does that say? Uh, yeah, what does that <laughs> say? Luck. What does... Luck of the draw. I guess, I guess. All right, we'll be back. we got another segment, I promise. Still no polka. Communities Digital News, built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com. That's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I-news.com. And support the next evolution in news.
0: We're back And there's still no polka Sorry I can dream Uh, Do you want to Break out an accordion In
1: between segments I wish my dad was here He played the accordion Um, Okay Uh, So I also took a look at Last week And I'm still in the midst of it Supergirl The complete first season On Blu-ray And that comes from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment It's all 20 episodes Of the show Put on three Blu-ray discs. And frankly, it's one of the better superhero shows I've ever seen. So the reason I say that is because the star, uh, Melissa Benoist, is what she wants us to say. Or Benoit, if you're French, is the Woman of Steel. And she's, of course, the, the cousin of Superman. She was sent to protect Superman, but she got caught in the Phantom Zone, and he got to Earth first and grew up, and now she's stuck in National City trying to follow in his footsteps. So the premise is great, but the thing about it, um, Miss Benoist, she's just giddy in this role. It's like, do you remember when uh, Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man? Yeah. And, you know, he would swing down the, the buildings and just scream in joy how happy he was. and or, or Christopher Reeve, when he was in the first Superman, first couple, how you just look at him and go, that's Superman. I can't believe it. We're watching Superman. Or even more recently, um, Grant Gustin, who's on TV's Flash, he's got that same... Charm on screen where you just, he just—he seems so happy that that this has happened, and even though he has complex problems at points, he still enjoys life. Anyway, so first of all, the great thing about it is not only besides her, but you know, comic book geeks get to see stuff like um, villains like Red Red Tornado, who is a villain in this show. He was a member of the Justice League for a while. Uh, you're going to run into the Martian Manhunter. Um, I'm not spoiling anything. You'll see. It's really cool. Uh, There's a story um, from Alan Moore, one of my favorite Superman stories, called For the Man Who Has Everything. Well, they kind of flip it, and they do a a riff on uh, the story, and they call it For the Girl Who Has Everything, about Kara um, actually living in Krypton as a grown girl for a while. It's really neat. Uh, I, I think... Of all the shows that came out, superhero-wise, it's it's by far one of my favorite, next to Flash, because it's so family-fun friendly.
0: So, if it's so family-fun and friendly, why is CBS punting it to CW?
1: That's a good question. I, I mean, I would believe that there might be budget issues, but you're saying that that... Doesn't make any sense, right? Well, no.
0: So the CW is is a joint venture between CBS and Warner Brothers. Right. So whether it just means that CBS feels like it wasn't getting the audience that it needed and it can get a better, bigger audience with the younger demographic on the CW,
1: or... Everything superhero is on CW right now. Right. So maybe they're trying to do some sort of a block like that. Right. I mean, there was a crossover between Flash and Supergirl this year, which was pretty neat. Um, what, we're, what we know is going to happen in the next season is Superman is going to show up and uh, my fingers are of course crossed that it might be from the guy who played in Smallville, Tom Welling but I, I highly doubt they're going to do that because that would make too much sense so they probably won't do that um, I'm looking forward to season 2 if you get, get the package on the Blu-ray you're, you're going to get a couple of good extras not fantastic, still worthwhile You're going to get the obligatory 15 minutes at uh, the San Diego Comic-Con. They always do that now. If there's a possibility of doing a panel at a Comic-Con, they're going to tape it and stick it on a Blu-ray. You get 10 minutes on the origins of the Martian Manhunter, which I thought was also really cool. And then you're going to get 10-minute, an overview, a quick overview of the planet Krypton, uh, its origins, and it includes a, um, an image of this really cool map of Krypton from a 1960 comic book. So, I loved it. I'm hooked on it. I'm good. Good. All right. Moving on. So, Batman is now the star of a Telltale game series. And if you're not familiar with Telltale games, they're basically click-and-play adventures where you either you move a cursor around screen and try and touch hot spots. Or if you're using an iPad, you can swipe. Or if you're using your PS4 controller, you're moving around and clicking clicking, uh, contextual buttons and stuff like that. So anyway, they did a great series with The Walking Dead. And now they moved over and, and picked up the Batman property, which I was mildly reticent about because I was such a fan of the Arkham Asylum video game series. And I don't know if you've ever played one of those. Yeah, they're great. You're basically duking it out as Batman all the time for hours and hours and hours. So anyway, this, this is different. What they're now doing is they're going to take you into Bruce Wayne's world and, and kind of take a look at trying to save his family legacy. Uh, Carmine Falcone, a crime boss, is causing trouble. And basically, this is the first episode of a five-part episodic series. And it's worth looking at and enjoying because, first of all, it's $4.99. Or if you want to get the whole uh, series, it's $30. Um, And let me get into a few more specifics on it. There's a nice opening segment with Catwoman, and then things get a little bit talky where you're now making decisions. And those decisions you make when you're talking to a character can affect the outcome of parts of the game and it can affect outcomes of your relationship with other characters, which is pretty interesting when you've got guys like Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Dent and Vicki Vale and Oswald Cobblepot, who of course is the Penguin, but he's not, I'm not sure he's the Penguin here yet. He's more of a rich punk who's a childhood friend of Bruce Wayne's, which is a nice riff on the um, origin story there. Anyway, uh it's, it's worth a look, and the, the first episode is called, uh, I believe, Realm of Shadows, which is um, not much more to say about that, I think.
0: What I like about these games is it, it reminds me a lot of like the Choose Your Own Adventure books that came out, because as you said, I mean, depending on what you say or your interactions with someone, it does have a consequence to it, and I think that's really... It's very interesting and it adds a, a dynamic to the game where it's not always a guaranteed similar outcome you can kind of go back and replay the game again that's
1: right you're gonna get a different outcome depending on how you select and I think there's actually some there's actually a function in this game a kind of a crowdsourcing one where you can you can make your decisions online with other people and watch what they're thinking and make a decision there with them yeah, so that's did, kind of fun they
0: did that with the walking dead where it would go at the end of the the level that would say you chose this 45 percent of the other players of the game chose the same thing 55 chose the other thing let's see how it plays out in right. the next level so i think it's very cool i, I hope they do more things does this take place f- during the, no- the christopher nolan style batman or is this his only so play? that's
1: kind of weird so What's great about the the series also is the animation style. Now, in The Walking Dead, I was blown away because it really looked like a Walking Dead comic. Very shell-shaded. It's the same idea again, same type of animation. What I wish they had done is that they had drawn from maybe a different creator, like if they had gone back and done a Bob Kane version of the animation, or a a Neil Adams or a Frank Miller. I thought that would have looked really good, and that would have staggered it a little bit. I'm not sure what universe they're plucking from. The costume has a little bit of a cowl from Benaflex Batman, and the um, armor kind of looks like Arkham Asylum's armor. So it's it's, it's, um, pretty cool. Cool. And...
0: So the last thing I'd like to talk about is the Nice Guys DVD with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Uh, Bill Hader's like, not in it. Bill Hader is not or in
1: Danny it. McBride. I just want to put that on the record. I think I had B- no point. There's a polka.
0: I feel like Bill Hader probably was offered the script and maybe turned it down because he was it, too busy. Because yeah, doing Angry Birds and Sausage Party and. Uh, it takes place in the '70s. Uh, uh, Gosling's character is a private detective. Uh, Russell Crowe's character is a wannabe private detective um and they are trying to solve a mystery around someone who is missing and a bunch of people who are trying to find this girl that is missing and they are trying to uh rub her out and do away with her and in the process everyone that they come across ends up dead um what i really liked about the film is the cinematic experience really looked very 1977. they did you know tower records had all these really so it takes place
1: in new york did you say that takes place
0: in l.a in l.a in in hollywood and it's just so well done um uh the pacing of the film itself was great the dvd extras were great you got some insight into how they uh how the the chemistry between crow and gosling played out you got to see a little bit about the how the film was conceived and pushed forward um I think there's definitely a sequel in the making. It, it, it had sort of that buddy cop, lethal weapon style feel to it.
1: Is it like American hustle clever, or is it more...
0: It's just, it's really fun. I mean, Gosling's character is kind of an idiot half the right. time. And he, you and know, like Cro- Crow will say, here, throw me a gun, and he'll accidentally throw it out the window. I mean, he constantly falls down, breaks through glass, falls 30 stories off a building into a swimming pool. I mean, he's just kind of a doofus. Um, and it's kind of funny that way. And But they work really well together. Um, And there's a lot of chemistry on screen between the two, and you can pick that up, and the dialogue itself is very free-flowing, and everyone brought their A-game to it, and I think they could make that into a pretty decent franchise. I don't think they're going to go Ethel Weapon 4, but I think there'll definitely be a second one, and if that does well, possibly a third, depending on the actors, but... I think they had a lot of fun doing it. the The DVD extras were great, and they definitely showed that they had a lot of fun doing it. And the cast and crew itself, I think they had a blast. So it it's definitely recommended by me. Uh, go check it out when you get a chance. And I think I think that's it for me. That's it. I think that's it. Is we've, there anything blowing our load? Is there anything else that you would like to say? I know there was a death in the. Star, oh yeah, Star Wars Kenny community. Baker,
1: R.I.P. Uh, I never met the man, but he was our duty R two D two. At least he fit in the canister. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm not exactly sure what he did in there. Was there some sort of a control mechanism he poked at and things?
0: I Maybe. I have no idea. I mean, I just know it looked really uncomfortable and Was a lot there
1: method acting involved?
0: <laughs> a lot of wires, and I would be terrified of, if they, yeah. if it was, you know, hot and touching wires. and. Right.
1: I mean, at least Anthony Daniels and C-3PO at least could take his helmet off for a while. This is true. Um, but, you know, I think excise him from the canister during every break as they move forward and continue to make other
0: films they have made smart choices about backup cast members to fill some of these iconic roles as these original cast members grow older and can no longer continue to do running and you know stunts and things like that so um or they kill them (laughs) that's (laughs) the
1: That's well, an easy way to do
0: it too, right? Listen, part of me just wanted when Harrison Ford fell off the bridge, I just wanted him to say, "Oh, really? That's a off, spoiler alert." Do get you think off re- my plane.
1: I'm not inferring, by the way, that uh, Kenny Baker was killed or well, murdered. Um, he was 83. Yeah, may he rest in
0: peace. Yes, may he rest in peace. And that's it for another my, high note. Uh, we have really outdone ourselves in the right. second episode. Uh, that's all we have for the Zadzooks Happy Hour. Not so
1: happy, is it? You can't close with deaths. I'm just saying that. Next week, no deaths. So nobody die. They always come in threes. I'm going to keep negotiating for that polka. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am Todd Stowell. I'm, I'm still Joe Zadkowski. And this has been the Zadzooks Happy Hour. <laughs> Good night.